Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, we welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. Big one planned for you today. Just got off a Zoom press conference for Showtime's big rollout. Joining us on the show this week, he is Dan Rayfield. Uh, he'll be joining us to tell us everything, break down all the fights that were just uh, introduced there on Showtime. A robust schedule with eight live events. A lot of really good fights on there. We'll get into all that uh, with Dan Rayfield. If you're watching us over on CompuBox TV YouTube page, thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us some comments, give us some feedback. If you're also watching us over or listening to us over on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. And finally, the Fubo Sports Network is doing great things. They'll be airing our program every single Thursday night, 7 p.m. ET. I know that the Fubo Sports Network just added the MLB Network just in time for the season. Go Yankees. I'm really looking forward to everything that the Fubo Sports Network uh, is doing over there. So the big story now out of Boxing World is this Showtime uh, rollout, this big schedule that was just announced. And we're going to have Dane Rayfield on in just a minute to go through all of it. Uh, eight events. We're getting all happening from the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. They've got their own little bubble going on. They are open to uh, doing some fights later on. If the thing, if the COVID uh, results get a little bit better, uh, we can see fights in other locations. But for now, that's all planning on happening inside of uh, the Mohegan Sun Resort. Some good fights. Some really good fights. If you're complaining about this then uh, you're just never going to be happy because on September 26th, a Showtime day-night doubleheader pay-per-view. That's, you heard that right. Jamal Charlo will be facing Sergey Derevchenko. We broke that fight down on our last show, and we're going to break down even further in upcoming events. That right there is a 160-pound title fight. Also on the card, Jamel Charlo, twin brother of Jamal. He fights in a unification fight at 154 pounds versus Jason Rosario. That was rumored to be two separate cards. They're coming together to make it one juicy Double header. Uh, Danny Roman's also on the card. There's some other. There's six fights in, in total. That's September 26th. October 24th, a fight over on Showtime pay-per-view that we all knew about is Javante Davis and Leo Santa Cruz. That's a fight that's been rumored for a long time. Uh, the WBA has gotten involved. There's multiple titles. There's multiple belts. I'm not getting involved with that. I just know it's going to be a good fight. The power of Javante Davis versus the volume of Leo Santa Cruz. Nonito Donaire is also going to be fighting this uh, December 12th on Showtime. That's a WBC bantamweight title fight versus Obali. Uh, September 29th, Erickson Lubin versus Ter- uh, Terrell Goshao. That is a title eliminator. You're going to see some big names in there. Benavidez is also fighting on this o- August 1st. You're going to see Stephen Fulton versus Leo. Another really good fight. I think Showtime has really come out of the gate swinging and really has put their best foot forward for fans. I talked about this last week on Twitter and uh, about the fighter pay. We don't know what's going to go on with the fighter pay. That's in the past. Now we're talking about fights. We're talking about the things we want to see. And that is big time fights over on Showtime and, and Showtime pay-per-view. Coming up next, he is Dan Rayfield. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of this break of this uh, rollout from Showtime. Also, what's next for ESPN? What's next for Matchroom? All that and more. It's coming up next with Dan Rayfield. Big-time Showtime rollout just was announced via Zoom. How was that for, for 2020? With that, we're going to bring in 
Dan Raphael, he is the best free agent in the game right now. Hired gun. Dan, uh, you just got off of the Zoom call. I was on it as well. Big time Showtime rollout. Your overall thoughts? There was a lot of big time fights that were announced. We have unification fights. We have a double header pay-per-view. Uh, still trying to wrap my mind around that one. Your overall thoughts on what Showtime just rolled out? Well, I was excited, number one. And the first thing I thought of was uh, <clears throat> that the, the, uh, the, the long-running rumors of Showtime's boxing demise were greatly exaggerated. Um, you know, I never really bought into that, frankly, but they proved today that they're here, at least for the end of this year anyway, in a big way. Um, not all of the matches that they announced were a surprise. A lot of them we've sort of known about or, uh, or matches that are rescheduled from when they had been previously postponed when the pandemic began. Uh, others, um, you know, have leaked out a little bit here and there, for example, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, the Charlotte Devonchenko fight did not come as a surprise to me at all. Uh, that was one of the many fights that's been known about Santa Cruz and Gervonta Davis. Uh, Leonard Ellerby, uh, you know, has spoken about that on a, on a regular basis. That was no surprise that they're doing that as a main event on a pay-per-view. Uh, the Angelo Leo fight against Stephen Fulton for one of the vacant titles at 122 pounds, also a fight that everybody uh, in their camps have been tweeting about. So, you know, those were fights that were not a surprise, but they've come up with other fights that, um, you know, were not necessarily widely known. And, uh, you know, I know that Steve Espinosa at Showtime loves the idea of announcing a full slate all at once. I think they probably would have loved to do a big, you know, shindig, you know, in a big <laughs> hotel conference center, uh, you know, have the media there and the fighters and do a big production. Obviously, in the way things are right now, they couldn't do that. So the way that they did it was via the Zoom call, uh, you know, with uh, with Brian Custer hosting it and uh, laid out the uh, all the cards and, and sent out the press release with the full announcement. But uh, look, uh, they have done a, a very, very good job in very difficult circumstances to, to fashion what I think is, a, is, you know, considering what's going on. Pretty darn good schedule, if you ask me. You know, it's funny. I tweeted uh, talking about big-time rollouts. I was at that one. I think it was twenty early 2018. It was at Cipriani's in in Manhattan, in Lower East Side. I was in a three-piece suit. It was a big-time rollout. And then this fast-forward to today, I'm in basketball shorts right now. That's that's a, I just gave away the whole thing. And I'm watching it on yeah. Zoom. I think that's 2020 in a nutshell, if i ever seen it. Uh a lot more casual, let's say, than it might have been if we we're at a press conference. Right. No no spread, no, none of that fancy stuff, but the media still got their questions. And, and we talked about the fight that I, or the pay-per-view that I think is the one that everyone's most excited about. It's Jamal Charlo, Serbia Devonchenko. Like you said, it was a fight that's been rumored for a long time, as well as Jamal Charlo versus Jason Rosario, uh, Jason Rosario which is a unification uh, at 154. Before we get into that actual fight, a, a day-night doubleheader, pay-per-view, single admission, no fans. I, I just, how does that work? And I know you asked the question to, to Espinosa, and he didn't really have many details, but I'm trying to wrap my mind around how that works. I know it's going to be one price on pay-per-view. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's a good idea. Basically, it's 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 like a, a pay-per-view on steroids. I mean, most people get a pay-per-view these days. The anticipation is you're going to get four fights. You're lucky if you, know, you have, obviously, the main event that, that's being sold to the public. Um, but you're lucky if you get even one other fight on the undercard that's really a worthwhile kind of uh, quality uh, premium cable or main event caliber kind of fight. My loose philosophy on a pay-per-view is, and we'll go back to what used to be the, the era of Showtime and HBO, that at least one other fight on the card should be the kind of bout that those networks would buy mm -hmm. to put on their regular air. And so often the pay-per-views did not provide that. You'd get a main event, which obviously uh, theoretically would be of that level, and the rest of the fights on the card would often be just a showcase for, say, the A-side 
uh, or maybe just sort of like a lesser defense against like an okay opponent, but nothing to really get you geeked up about it. And that was your four fight card that, you know, the, those types of fights besides the main event, the way that they're doing this card on September 26th. And, and, and as uh, Espinosa pointed out, and as they announced, all of these events are earmarked to take place at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Now he did say that if, if uh, current circumstances allow later in the year to possibly go to a different location or to have an event where there might be spectators allowed, that they'll take that under consideration. And so maybe one or two of these events could move elsewhere. But for the time being, uh, these events are all going to take place. I believe they announced nine events or eight, I guess, plus the, you know, nine if you count the, the double header pay-per-view as two different events. Uh, all will take place at the Mohegan Sun. But the way they're going to do it basically is they'll have three of the fights in the afternoon period of time, probably the late afternoon. They haven't decided which Charlotte brother will, you know, his which fight will go first. Uh, but they'll have three events in the, three fights in the afternoon. They'll take a break and then they'll come back later in the evening uh, for the remainder of the three fights. He he made, basically made the uh, analogy of if you're a basketball fan and you're watching, you know, uh, you know, on ABC or on Turner or whatever, uh, a basketball doubleheader. You watch one game and then, you know, a little while after that first game ends, you know, they take you to the second game. Um, he made, you know, made the joke that Brian Custer, the host, you know, they got to give him a little bit of time to, you know, get up and go take a leak and maybe uh, grab a sandwich. Uh, but that's how it's going to work. You'll get six fights on that pay-per-view, including each of the two Charlotte fights and their in their title bouts. And, uh, you know, but for one price. So it seems like a pretty good deal. If you ask me, it's a pretty strong card. There were so many fights announced. Uh, Dan, I can't even remember exactly which bouts were on each of those shows. But I know that, as you mentioned, Charlo, Rosario and the other Charlo against Devin Chenko, um may not necessarily be uh, superstar names. Or, or the types of fights you would necessarily see in a pay-per-view main event. But this is, you're getting, I think, it's it's good fights quantity-wise, and they're good matchups in terms of uh, quality-wise also, even if they're not the biggest fights. But you put it all together, and you're going to get six fights. It seems like in this day and age, that's not a bad deal. Yeah, you're right. It has to have some value. And adding them both on there and some intrigue, two twins fighting uh, in big title fights. The the double header is a little of intrigue. You have to add something on. The UFC did their whole island thing. It wasn't really an island. It was in an arena. You have to have some type of marketing ploy here. And Showtime definitely did that too. Another fight that and was listed. Bouts that they added. And again, I don't remember them off the top of my head because we just came off the call with them. But the other four fights that are on those yeah. two cards, if you will, mm -hmm. were all seemingly pretty solid in my mind that they were, there were no like crazy mismatches or things that I looked at and were like, oh, that's just terrible. No, right, Danny Roman's it on it. Another one pay-per-view, October 24th, Javante Davis, Leo Santa Cruz, long been rumored, finally now today finalized and, and, and announced. WBA has slid in and, and did their normal things. There's I think there's two weight classes, two belts. Everyone gets a belt. I don't understand that part, but just the nuts and bolts. This is a this is a good fight. It, it's a it's a it's a step up for Javante Davis in a way. And Leo Santa Cruz is a known commodity who's fought on pretty much every single platform in the PBC. Uh, what's your take on, on this fight between Davis and Santa Cruz? I've liked this fight for a long time. I've always felt like if there was one guy that might be able to blunt just the the crazy uh, aggressiveness of a Gervonta Davis. It might be a Leo Santa Cruz just because of the fact that he's displayed a very good chin throughout his career. He throws a lot of punches and he's very long with his reach. So he might be able to, you know, keep uh, Gervonta at bay a little bit. So I've kind of always liked the matchup. Uh, you know, 
the fact that this fight is happening, as you mentioned, it's not a surprise. You know, I host that uh, talk show on the Impact Network, and way back when we did our very first episode, sometime I want to say in like early May, you know, Leonard Ellerby was the guest on my first show, and we talked about that, and he made the point that yes, these guys are going to fight. We've agreed to everything, and it's going to be a pay per view, and 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 all that. So this has been a long time coming. It's a fight of both fighters have said that they want. You mentioned about the two titles that are at stake. It's basically a throwback, and, and Espinosa mentioned this on the call. Uh, I think I brought it up to him in one of my questions. It's kind of like a throwback to the days when you had Sugar Ray Leonard taking on Donnie Lalonde, and the fight was at 168 pounds, or might even be less in terms of the actual official contract weight. But the point was both a super middleweight title at 168 and a light heavyweight title at 175 were both at stake because it was under that weight limit of 175. In this case... It's going to be the same kind of thing. You're going to have Gervonta Davis's second-tier title in the WBA at 135 at stake, as well as uh, Leo Santa Cruz's title at 130 at stake, but the weight limit's 130 pounds. So both will be at stake. And and I and I also asked this to Espinosa, and you know he grudgingly admitted this as was the case. It's kind of a hedge, to be honest, of uh, whether Gervonta Davis uh, yes. can make 130 pounds because if he doesn't make 130 pounds, they don't lose. Uh, the notion that there'll be a title at stake in the fight, which, you know, to them gives it more uh, more pizzazz, I guess. So either way, uh, there'll be the 135 title on, on the line unless he comes in over 135. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully Gervonta will be a professional. He's got plenty of time before now in the fight to make that 130-pound weight limit. And uh, and they'll do what Leonard and Lalonde did many years ago, and they'll have both titles at stake, and, uh, and that'll be that. But the most important thing, besides whatever belts the guys get to hoist up over their heads or wrap around themselves when the fight's over, Fans are probably in for a pretty fun fight. Yes, it's, it's the volume of Leo Santa Cruz is one of the most prolific punchers in all of boxing, according to us at Combat Box, versus the power of Javante Davis. What do you think this rollout in terms of uh, means for Fox? I know that this is just showtime. We didn't get into what Fox means. If you did, if you're savvy enough, you can kind of do a, a process of elimination to see who's going to fight on Fox. What have you heard in terms of PBC on Fox? Yeah, well, I mean, that goes, goes without saying, I think, because, like you said, the PBC fighters that were announced for their variety of bouts that are going to be on Showtime and Showtime pay-per-view, the bigger names that are not on that schedule uh, are going to wind up being on the Fox events that will come forth this fall. Now, there were a couple of slots on the Showtime cards that were announced as sort of TBAs where the bouts weren't uh, 100% set yet, an opponent for, for Jaron Ennis, for example, or a couple of undercard fights for one of the shows. So, you know, we'll see a, some of the guy, some guys slide into those positions. But basically, if, if you didn't see your, your, the bigger name guy on the, on the Showtime rollout, you know that, for example, when it comes time for Fox to make their announcements, you're going to see probably uh, an Errol Spence, Danny Garcia on Fox. You're going to see a Sean Porter fight on one of the Fox platforms. I've heard that he's going to fight Ivan Redcatch as a good possibility. Uh, you'll see, you know, pick pick a guy. You'll see hopefully a Manny Pacquiao will be back in action. Right. Uh, you've got to figure he'll be back on the Fox platform like his fight was uh, last year against Keith Thurman, which was literally a year ago, just a few <laughs> days ago. Right. Um, so, you know, take the bigger names uh, and you'll and you'll see them. And even the, the top contenders that you didn't see put onto the uh, Showtime card. I'm thinking about like an Ordenis Ugas, for example. you got to figure he winds up one of these on one of these Fox events, a Caleb Plant in his next fight on one of these Fox events, whether it's Fox, Fox pay-per-view or uh, their FS1 cards. Um, you know, a Gary Russell, if he actually fights a second time this year as another example. So, you know, those are the types of fighters I think we'll see populate the events that Fox will announce probably in the in the coming uh, weeks, I suppose. Yeah, you're seeing the strength of the PBC roster. You're seeing the, the business side of things, two networks to work with where you can kind of 
go off one to the other and see who's in the better shape in, in terms of budgets and, and all that stuff that a lot of fans like to get uh, involved with. One fight that you didn't list there, and it's a fight that many fans want to see, and it's they have the rights to the third fight. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury is technically going to be a Fox fight, going back to their original agreement for that third, uh, the trilogy. Brings you to my next topic, Dan. It's now what ESPN is going to do, what the other uh, match rooms are going to do, the Zones, the Golden Boys, and so forth. We'll start with ESPN. Lomachenko, Tifimo Lopez, according to Bob Arum, the fight has been pushed back to a later date in October. He says fans without fans, this fight's most likely going to happen. It's going to happen on pay-per-view. Do you think now that this big-time rollout has happened from PBC, that let's just go with ESPN. Do you think they will now sh shift into overdrive? Are we going to see these, these pay-per-views happen between Loma and Tio, Wilder Fury 3? Well, in, in terms of Wilder Fury 3, uh, they've talked about December 19th as a possibility, and that's a joint event between ESPN and Fox, uh, regardless of what happened in, in the second fight. So they were partners on the second fight that took place in February. They're going to be partners again on the third fight whenever it happens. You know, they say December 19th. That's what Bob Aramis said. I'm a little skeptical about that, that, that maybe it gets pushed into next year. But we'll have to wait, wait and see what Fox announces. I assume that uh, if that if they announce a slate all at once, that that may very well be part of it. Uh, in terms of the Lopez and Lomach Lomachenko fight, uh, that fight, uh, and I wrote a story about this for Boxing Scene uh, not that long ago, that they had switched the date from the late September time frame to October 3rd, um, and it's it's going to be a pay-per-view. Um, I don't think that Top Rank is in a position at the moment to announce a whole bunch of fights all at once. I mean, they they were able to put together their, their comeback fights in the bubble in June and July. They just completed those fights. They announced uh, on their final show of that bubble series on Tuesday night uh, a couple of the rescheduled dates for August which is the uh, Storm Alvarez fight against mm -hmm. Joe Smith. You know, Alvarez had suffered an injury, so they pushed that back to, I believe it's August 22nd. Rather than going Tuesdays and Thursdays, they're going to have a couple of Saturday night events in August. And then the 29th, I believe, I believe was the date that they are putting on, uh, the, the now for the third time being rescheduled between uh, uh, in the, for the 140-pound unified title that Jose Ramirez has, his fight against the mandatory Victor Postal. Postal. So those will be two fights for ESPN. So that's not a... a, a a rollout of you know eight or nine events, mm -hmm. and they also announced that there. And, uh, and again, I wrote about this also. There will be also on August fifteenth uh, taking place in the UK. There'll be a double header right. where where you'll have uh, Michael Conlon and Carl Frampton in separate fights. So, you know, it seems to me that Top Rank, without having to announce you know a whole bunch of fights all at once, at least you know in August they have you know two definitely quality main events in Alvarez and Smith and Postal and Ramirez. And then a doubleheader with Conlon and Frampton. We'll see who their opponents are. They're not set just yet. And then they'll get to get to work on September. They guys that they they'd like to bring back also. Obviously, the mo the most notable of those will be uh, Terrence Crawford. And and it's already been out there as we just talked about with the with Lomachenko Lopez fight taking place in October. So they they look to me like even though they didn't do some bells and whistles announcement, they they've got a whole bunch of solid fights uh, coming. You know, in the next in the next couple of months, and then we'll have to see what else they can put together. Whether they do the Wilder. Fury three this year, or it gets pushed into early next year. Um, but uh, they've got they've got some fights on tap for. What would prevent them from doing these pay per views? I mean, do you see that that PBC seems like they're shifting towards pay per views to do the big ones. Lomachenko, uh, Tiafimo Lopez, the Wilder Fury three can't won't happen unless it's a pay per view. What would prevent them from doing that? I don't know if anything is going to prevent them from doing that. Now, one thing is for sure, uh, you know, they can talk about doing Lomachenko Lopez all they want as a pay-per-view, 
but they still don't have official contracts done and deals made with each side. And that was the case even back when they were hoping to do that fight in May before uh, the, the virus started to close everything down. Mm -hmm. uh, but both fighters have said definitely they want the fight. Both fighters turned down the opportunity to have interim bouts that would have taken place you know, this spring, early summer, and said, no, look, we just want to fight each other. And so they're going to do that and they'll wait till October. So I have no doubt that they'll get the deal done. So that if, if that happens, then we'll see that fight as a pay-per-view. You know, in terms of the Wilder and the Fury fight, whether it happens in December or it gets pushed into the early part of next year, whatever the case may be, that deal is already done. Those terms were contemplated when they did the deal for the second fight. So there's no real issue there as far as I know. Dan, so before, they'll be pay-per-views. Go ahead. Dan, before we let you go, you know, you're a big Yankee fan. We're big Yankee fans here as well. Season's about to get underway. 60-game schedule, over-under wins for the New York Yankees. I'm setting it at 41. What do you say, Dan? 60. 60-0. Oh. <laughs> That's what I also thought as well. I don't want to be too biased here, but I'm ready. Nation's capital. Fauci throwing out the first pitch. Baseball's back. Boxing's back in a very big way. Dan Raphael, thank you so much for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. You bet, Dan. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. This week's parting shot, we talk about ESPN Top Rank in the Summer Series. It's all over, folks. The bubble has burst. 47 days, two months, boxing every single day on Tuesday and Thursday. They're going to go back to their normal schedule starting on August 27th. A quick shout-out to everyone at the uh, Top Rank and everyone at ESPN. The entire broadcast team first at ESPN did a wonderful job. Joe Tess as the ringleader going through all of that. The production team at ESPN behind the scenes doing that every single Tuesday and Thursday uh, remotely is no easy task. As for the team at top rank, it all starts with the top, Mr. Bob Arum, the Bodfather. You go down to Brad Jacobs, Carl Moretti. Go over to the matchmakers, Brad Goodman and the Hall of Famer, Bruce Trampler. PR man, Evan Korn, the corner man, photographer, Mikey Williams, and Ryan Green of the social media guru team over at Top Rank did a wonderful job. 47 days on the road, 47 days away from their families. Uh, we got to see boxing every single Tuesday and Thursday. Say what you want about the fight, say what you want about the series, but it was important. Fighters emerged. Uh, careers continued. Uh, we saw some, some crazy things happen. 2,300, some numbers for you here. 2,300 COVID tests, 19 positives, 13 cards, 70 fights, 12 canceled fights, 10,897 punches landed and 43 sandwiches eaten by Tim Bradley. Highlighted by the bacon sandwich, the bacon on bread, which I ate before I got to the studio today. Delicious. Who can forget about the uh, hot dog sandwiches too, wrapped in tortillas with my guy Tim Bradley. Uh, there were some good moments too. Moment of the bubble was the double knockout that happened during Bernardo Suna's live hit on SportsCenter. Very rarely do you see a double knockdown, but to have it happen live behind you on, on ESPN... That was awesome. Haircut of the bubble obviously goes out to Kelvin Metcalf with his horseshoe braid hybrid, the forced horseshoe. He shaved it, and that was a whole scene going on there. Fighter of the bubble, is there any other guy? It's Clay Collard in a landslide. Duh. Clay Collard, one of the best storylines to come out of the bubble. Uh, that's Mr. Clay, Cassius Clay Collard. And the fight of the bubble, Andrew Maloney versus Joshua Franco. Really good fight. Listen, we have, we're seeing bigger things happen. We're seeing big things happen with Showtime. We're seeing big things happen with, with uh, a match room. And everyone's starting to come back now. But someone had to be first. And it was Top Rank and, ever, and ESPN. And uh, hats off to them for everything they did, uh, putting on some, some good fights, keeping the sport alive, keeping it going. There were a lot of great things that we saw uh, from Top Rank and ESPN over the last two months.
We'll be on hiatus next week. There will be no Inside Boxing Live. I'll be floating in a pool in an undisclosed area, but there is boxing on this weekend. The Zone is back with Virgil Ortiz. Go over to our YouTube page at Box TV. Check out our Inside the Numbers or By the Numbers on Virgil Ortiz. I think he is the next big superstar in boxing. Special thanks to our guest, Dan Rayfield, for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. Remember, folks, wash your hands, wear a mask. We'll see you next time on Inside Boxing Live.